and welcome back to another episode of the Euroball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I am joined with my good buddy, Ethan Hoffman. Now, Ethan, uh, we are here today to talk about the NBA All-Stars and those that are already voted in, and more importantly, who we would put in for the reserves today. And I just want to know, uh, how you doing? How, how has this process been for you, thinking about you know the All-Star game? Do you watch the All-Star game? What, what's... Well, the, the All-Star game, I think, is something I like to have on in the background. You try to keep your head up to watch the highlights because there's a lot of fun plays. You see guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo catching alley-oops from Stephen Curry. We all know that was a lot of fun. You know, historically, you know, just guys like John Wall, you know, great athletes with a lot of open space on the court to like really like showcase athleticism. Yeah, I've, I've always enjoyed the All-Star game. I definitely like when the dunk contest and three-point contest that are all part of the weekend are exciting. You get good guys in those. That's usually probably more of my focus in the game itself. But yeah, no, it's definitely something I fully enjoy. And um, it's just not like imperative. Like if we have good weather on All-Star Sunday, guess who's going to be golfing? That'll be me. Yeah, I when when it comes down to it, it's like it's not must see TV for me. Um, like I know that that I will see the important things come across my Twitter timeline. Uh, like that's just gonna happen, it, it, and perhaps it's the fourth quarter, you know, or it's not any of us like whatever that last segment is, whether they're doing um, the Elam ending or, or or whatever they're doing uh, this year. I I don't I guess I don't know. Um, I assume that they're going to keep the Elam ending because people love that last year. Um, I think that, um, you know, it, it's it's just fine. They've decided to make a whole bunch of changes to the, uh, um, to like the, the rookie sophomore rising stars game, which I tried to read and it was a little, like a little too much for me. I, I'm just going to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just figure it out when it, when it, when it comes. Uh, I'll probably watch a little bit of that one though because my boy Cade Cunningham's going to be in there so that'll be that, that'll probably be what I watch and just specifically for him yeah specifically talking about Cade my goodness Richard I've been so happy watching Pistons you know like I don't really know if I watch a full Pistons game very frequently just because why but like getting to getting to watch Cade Cunningham play and start and have full control of the team and like really just getting people in the right spot. It makes me so happy that we were right, despite his uh, early shooting struggles that made us a little angsty. Um, yeah, but he, he got his leg right. He got his wrist right. And he's he's uh, he's been performing wonderfully. And we love it. We love to see it. Let me just say I was not angsty. Uh, it was, but I understand the angst that was surrounding it. Made me angsty just because I. Everyone who asked me, they're like, "Oh, well, should uh, I can't even remember right now who the other. Oh, should Jalen Smith be a pick? Should Evan Mobley?" And I'm like, I said, "Man, like, they're these are good, talented guys, but Cade has it all. Like, how how can we think about anyone other than Cade for the first pick?" And I was like, just so explicitly dismissive that anyone else was like in the running. Mm-hmm. That like when he came out and wasn't, you know, beating the brakes off people, it's like. People are like, oh, and I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. But like, I didn't, I didn't, it was probably more of the angst of like having to defend myself. I didn't like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, slip, of the, slip, slip, slip of the tongue saying uh, Jalen Smith, but. It's oh okay. my we'll goodness. We'll yuck. <laughs> yuck. Jalen Smith. Oh, it's okay. Jaylen it's Green, okay. We, we know what you meant. Jalen Green. All right. Anyways. um, Yeah. So uh, we're, we're here for it. I'll watch that. Um, Now uh, let's get. Let's get to it. Let's get to this discussion. And, and before we get going into um, 
you know, the all-star voting. Um, just a question on your kind of a, approach to this, because I think that there are some people who, um, like when they're looking at this, they're predominantly looking at um, just, hey, we're, we're the first half of the season, how did it go? But then others are saying, well, then does the second half of any season just not count um, for, for all? Like, so I don't know if you kind of go back or if it's close, you just kind of stick to your priors on who you think is a better player or like how, how much does games played matter for you? Like, uh, so, so th- that those are just some, some questions um, that I got. Yeah, I would say the, the thing I focus on the most is who is the who is the driver of success on this team? And you can look at that offensively or defensively. Let's let's take think historically, a guy like Rudy Gobert, um, offensively obviously really efficient because all he does is dunk and finish layups around the rim. But we know that's not why he makes an all-star team. It his makes the all-star team because the entirety of Utah's defensive system is structured around him. And without him, even when you have guys who previously we've comped to Rudy Gobert, like a Hassan Whiteside, it's not the same. It doesn't work. Well, I, I would say that the Utah Jazz think it's enough of the same or, or, or similar. You know, they, they brought him in to kind of for, fulfill the for their 10 role. minutes for their 10 well, minutes. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. But, it, but like it, it's, it's, it's a thing where like Hassan Whiteside's gonna gonna do the thing, just not do it nearly as well. Um, and and not just defensively for Rudy Gobert, but like on the offensive end, him setting a bunch of screens up at the top, handoffs up at the top, and then rolling incredibly hard to the basket where where you're pinning, uh, you know, two two offensive shooters in each corner. Like that's that's a system there as well. And so uh, even though he's not the one with the ball in his hands, he is very. Uh, you know, influential into everything they do on that team. So, yeah. Yeah, and no doubt. And him be like, and let's, let's do the comp, comp right here. Like, it's like him being a hard roller every time and setting real screens is the reason he can be an all-star, whereas Hassan Whiteside should not be because Hassan Whiteside just likes to go narrow-hipped and have his body present. You know, maybe he's been a little bit better this year than he was in Miami when he thought he was the best player on the team, but probably not. I don't think so. So, but that's the difference where you, you can be part, still part of very integral part of a system, but you might not necessarily be the reason it's successful. Whereas like, you know, offensively, you could put a lot of people in that role, but defensively is where he is integral and has to be there for it to work. Otherwise the jazz don't have it exhibit a, a 10 minutes of a son white side that gets played every game or, yeah. or when uh, you play uh, Rudy Gay at, at playing some small or Eric Pascal playing some small perfect example of how how important Rudy Gobert is yeah I mean for, for me as I approach this I, I would love to include the second half of last season but just like the as I look through like you, you can't watch every game you watch as much as you can and try to make sure that you have a good sampling of, of each team and kind of how they work and how they operate but the, at the same time it's I don't really have a good way to filter through the the stats for like every you know this year up to this point, and then including last season post-All-Star break, I'm sure that there are ways to do that with maybe, you know, NBA.com and other stats filters. It could be a little, uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit better than basketball references. Uh, but, you know, we, we're, we're, we we like to support the basketball reference because that's just so what, what, we, what, we've, what we've grown on. So um, I, I just kind of just hold my priors. It's like, okay, this is kind of how I view people going into the season. And oh, how have they shifted it since then? Uh, in in, the, in this first part of you know 
first half of the season. So that, that's kind of my been my approach there. And um, like you said, how can we assign responsibility to, you know, who's doing what um, as opposed to just who happens to be good on a good team? Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, you trust your eyes and you, you trust who you see doing the work and putting it together. Like, you know, for example, we know Jimmy Butler is a good basketball player. And honestly, you could even say something to like, I, I, I'll spoil alert, he won't make the team for me. But historically, we've known Kyle Lowry is a really good basketball player. And sometimes stats may wax and wane, but the, the Raptors were always up to the top of the standings. He's the reason, right? You know, we had a Kawhi Leonard uh, visit. We had DeMar DeRozan playing when he was younger. But you could see over a trend line of like eight years, Kyle Lowry was the reason the Raptors went. Now, Pascal Siakam also had a little appearance there as a really solid player. But like Kyle Lowry made all-star teams based on the Raptors' success because while he was not um, always putting up, you know, 25 points per game, never did that probably, and was not always at 10 assists per game, he was the reason that team was successful this year. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not giving him quite as much credit with a Jimmy Butler being ever present, but I think do think he's the reason the Heat have strove, uh, have been so good through so many injuries this year. But anyway, just that's like an example of trust your eyes when you when you know what you're seeing. So speaking speaking of which, the fans have trusted their eyes, uh, and they've made some votes. Fifty uh, percent of the All Star. Uh, starter um, vote has has come from from fans and current players get twenty five percent media gets another twenty five percent and so that's the breakdown and it has led to well some names being voted in uh, some of which are names that we would be you know expect be upset if they weren't uh, included and and others um, well just shocking. So let's let, let's take a look here at the uh, let's start out east just because I think that's going to be a little more you know run of the mill. Um, Joel Embiid, right? Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo being being elected as the front court players. Like there's not I I, I don't think that you could look at anyone's legitimate ballot that wasn't a homer and have any other three names. No, especially. Absolutely not especially when they have designated DeMar DeRozan as a guard, which he's not, but is helpful for this exercise because it allows for DeMar DeRozan to be the, uh, to one of, one of our guards. Also, like, you, you can't, there's no arguing with that. So really, for out, out east, it, it came down to one more spot, and they gave that to Trey Young. He's had a really, really good season um, on a team that has, you know, we, we know, hey, last year, second half of last year, they were really, really good. And playoffs, wow, that's exciting. And you know, this year he's been good, but they've had issues. They, you know, injuries, and it's just it just hasn't quite worked. They came out and said, ah, yeah, I don't know if you know regular season, not super exciting, not as exciting as the playoffs were, and and so they're having to you know get themselves uh, back in gear. Hopefully they'll they'll, they'll figure it out here. But uh, Trey Young rounds that out. There are other names I think that could have been there. Uh, but really, that was the only one out east that I think that there was really any discussion for. Yeah, and then Trey Young is a super popular player with with young people in general. He's good. He's going to get a lot of votes, and I mean, he 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 deserves it. Like I can't I can't take out my frustration on Nate McMillan not 
rolling with the good Lloyd Pierce offense that he had established. Nate McMillan did a really good job honing in the defensive end of the Hawks last year that made them a threat in the playoffs that got to the conference cha- uh, championship. But then, some for some reason, they bungled the offense this offseason while not really doing any major personnel changes. And so that's a frustration. I can't hold that against Trey Young because he's still striving for success um, despite them bungling some stuff. So anyway, I, Trey Young, very valid all-star starter. Maybe I would prefer Zach Levine because I'm a Zach Levine lover, but he's fine. I mean, th- their offensive rating is, is second in the NBA right now. It's their defensive rating that has slid, and a lot of people would point to, hey, Clint Capella, where where, where you been? Um, why haven't you been able to be as successful? I mean, he was really, really great, great last year, and then perhaps you know that's part of it. DeAndre Hunter being out for a while, like he's back now, and and since he's been back, it's been the the talk of the time that ooh, you know, they're going on a little bit of a run. Maybe they can they can get there. But again, Trey Young, this this. This style or this game was meant for him and his style. Like it's it fits well, so I, I really have no beef. Um, it's not as if like I, I he he's one of the guys, uh, and if he wasn't one of the starters, he'd be one of the first ones that we would say, yep, he should be included um, as you know one of the reserves. So I'm good with it. So that's out east. Now let's go to the west. Uh, and I'll start with guards here. Steph Curry, John Morant, don't think there's much fuss there, uh, especially considering, you know, Dame's been injured uh, and, and you know, was struggling up until uh, he decided to, you know, go ahead and get healed up. Uh, Luka Doncic hadn't had the best offensive Luka Doncic season uh, up to this point, and uh, is he a guard? Is he a forward? Who knows? It just... Yeah, John Morant missed a portion of time, and yes, the Memphis Grizzlies were still good during that time, uh, but John Morant's been awesome this year, and I think this is especially deserved. Uh, so, Steph Curry, obviously, um, now his shooting of late has been poor, but who cares? It, it doesn't matter. It's, I mean, and guess what? It, for me, that speaks more towards someone else who I think should be on the list, but we'll talk about that later. Uh Let's go down to the front court. Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, of course, of course. And then it comes down to the name that really shocked a lot of people. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins. Oh, Canada itself. Golden State Warriors fans, the most educated fan base in the in the United just beautiful United States, including Canada. Everyone just voted Andrew Wiggins into the All-Star game. And I I do want to congratulate Andrew Wiggins for having a very good season. The man has been playing really well. He's shooting over 40% from three. Um, you know, we'll see how, hopefully that holds up for him, for his sake personally. And, and the man is taking some very tough defensive assignments on a regular basis. You know, Draymond Green captaining the ship behind and Andrew Wiggins, you know, being the, the guy out there to, to slow down the other team's best player a lot of times. I, I, I think Andrew Wiggins would have been a really fun little, hey, should Andrew Wiggins be considered for an all-star spot? on the back end of the roster. That would have been a fun conversation. Um, but here we are as a fan voted in starter. Um, not a good look, in my opinion, but here here we are. Well, I think that it just goes to the, like, the NBA's designation, like, uh, you know, they, they, they've over the years begun to say, all right, let, let's loosen it up here. We'll, we'll go 
guards in front court and and and, and get get loose with it that way and and obviously we've gotten extra loose with with DeMar DeRozan. Hey, look, he's a guard. Well, this would be one of those years. Would have would have been nice if they were a little bit looser and said, "Hey, Devin Booker, can you be a forward?" Uh, you know, Mayo McCalbridge's yeah. is is big with long arms and stuff like that. But yeah, you know, he's, he's more forward sized. But uh, it would would have been nice. But it's it just it's what we run into. Like you can go out out uh, west and look and think to yourself, well, what non center that's a forward do we have out there that we would like to place like to put in here and Paul George would have been that but he's been injured and he's been injured for it's not even like a recent injury it's like he's been done for a little while where do you go and obviously I think the other place you could have gone would have been on the same team Draymond Green but guess what now he's injured so it's and and, and then now you've got you know 50% of the fan vote and all of Canada said we are voting in Maple Jordan to the All-Star game. So that's just what's happened. Yeah. That's Andrew Wiggins again. Had a very good season, especially for an Andrew Wiggins who previously has had waxing and waning ability to shoot threes, waxing and waning determination to play defense. So very happy for him. And I, I, I honestly do would say, Richard, this guy is a guy who has put himself in a position this season to be talked about as an All-Star. But as a reserve, as a wild card or a front court player, um, when you're on the the back seven, not the first five, and that's that's just the that's just the bummer I think. Because I think Andrew Wiggins' season is gonna, like, I hope I hope he still has a really good rest of the season. But the fact that he got voted in as a starter, I think it makes this way more of a joke. Whereas he did earn consideration, and I, I, it's it stinks that it's kind of like getting a rain rain on his parade because he definitely did not deserve to be a starter. Yeah, it's it's just it's just the nature of it. Like he's not one of the it hasn't been one of the ten best players this year. Like health or healthy or otherwise. Like he just hasn't been. Um it, he's been fine, he's been good, and you love to see the, the, the progression he's taken toward efficiency, but it's it's just it's just not the same. And so uh he he's in, so awesome for him and you know what? They're your starters. There they are. So, Ethan, our task is we need to go in and get the reserves. We need to pick. Uh, there are five starters. We need to get down to um, uh, to 12 total. So that's going to be another seven. And we might also have to get some, uh, some injury replacements. Um, so let, let's go ahead and, and, and get to that. Uh, let's go ahead and... Where do you want to start? Do you want to start out west or east or, or the Let, guards? Where do you want to go? Let's do the let's do the east first. I think we actually have between the two of our teams, like checking our list. I think we kind of have everyone on our list that we need to give conversations to. But we actually you have some that you made your list that didn't make mine, and vice versa. So let's start let's start out with some some guards out east that um, are going to make our team, and I'll I'll start. So like you know the way this format goes is there's two guard spots. Uh, three front court spots again, and then two wild cards. And I can tell you, Richard, both my wild cards went to guards as well as the other two spots. So I have four more guards that make this team, and they are Zach Levine, Darius Garland, James Harden, and LaMelo Ball. I'm good with with that whole uh, – with, with all, all four of those guys. That makes sense to me. For me, I've got three out of those four 
making it as well. I got uh, Darius Garland, um, James Harden, Zach Levine, but I had Fred Van Vliet. Um, having him instead of LaMelo there, and that's probably just because of my uh, my desire to also like include defense. Uh, and Fred Van Vliet's defense has you know, been, been very, very good this year. He's, he's just, it, it, it's one of the things that he does that, that uh, um, you know, it's become a staple of what Toronto wants to do. And, and if you want to be able to get in to see the floor and, and, and get minutes in Toronto, that that's, that's your avenue on there. And he's done that while having similar efficiency to LaMelo Ball from the floor, uh, averaging more points. You look at the other um, statistical categories and other than boards, he's just, He's there, same or just just, just a shade less uh, assist than, less, than Lamelo. Um, but I mean, obviously, he's playing way more minutes. So like, I, I get that. Like, if you want to look on a, on a per possession type of thing or or per thirty six, you know, it, it might skew and help more toward um, Lamelo. But here's the thing: like, if I didn't have Fred VanVleet, or if I'm looking for the next person, or if I have to go in and uh, I, I've got one person, we've got to have a um, someone hopping in to replace Kevin Durant. Like, but if there was another injury, guess guess who would be my next call? Lamelo Ball, probably. So like, I I'm not I have no problems. Um, I have no problems with that. So yeah, and I think the important thing to li- like listen say like you know the Hornets are ha- do have a better record than the Raptors. That's not really a big part of my decision making yeah. in terms of like trying to distinguish who I think should make it in. I. And Fred Van Vliet, I think you could argue, actually does some heavier lifting because I feel like the Raptors don't have as many offensively talented players. Like, they do most of their winning on the defensive end. Because, I mean, the Hornets, you know, they're they're just an impressive offensive team. They have a lot of moving parts. They get up and down the court. They got good athletes to go get, like, Mikel, or Michael, uh, Miles Bridges. I'm, I'm, I'm having a tough time with names today here, Richard. I've been out of the, out of the podcasting the podcasting game for too long um but they, they have a lot of guys who really enhance what Lamelo does and it's you can look at it two ways you can look at these guys fit fit Lamelo, or you can look at Lamelo uh has brought these guys up to his level and i kind of like the, that second level because the, the hornets were not a super duper fun team beforehand granted they brought in gordon hayward and Lamelo at the same time so it kind of makes sense that they'd big, take a big step but i, don't know, I just i just equivocate is that the right word? I don't know. I just the 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 Charlotte rise to like some prominence and some league notoriety comes with Lamelo Ball. I I do think Fred VanVleet's incredible and like you know he's he's really taking up picking up the mantle from the Kyle Lowry uh, Toronto days. So I mad respect. Just, you know Lamelo's a bit my a bit my preference. So. Yeah, I get it. Again, my 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 wanting to give rewarding the the defensive end, which again is not necessarily the point of the All Star game. Like with the way that it's played, like guess what, Mobile really fits the All Star mantra of like what what you want. So I get it. Um, and as far as the offense that Toronto has, they've been winning it on the defensive end. Yes, uh, but it's like, hey, Pascal Siakam, he did miss some games, but he he's been on a on a on a tear. Um, more more recently, he's been pl- pl- played well. Gary Trent Jr. Uh, has been out there to, to hit three-pointers and apparently just rack up all the steals. I mean, it's just this entire team 
defensively has has really brought it in. Uh, not to speak of OG Nanobi or or Scotty Barnes, um, but I just I view I, I look at it and say, well, you know, Fred VanVleet I think is um, I, I just I just see him as being like like you get, like like you said t- taking on kind of the the, the Kyle Lowry um, kind of role there in. Um, uh, in Toronto, while also bringing that scoring punch, so it's again. I think I think as we talk about it, if, if we were to pick one more guard, right, we both have each other. So yeah, I I hundred percent in my, in that thought process. You know, I I I I commend the Raptors because like they are doing most of this stuff without like a traditional like that that piece like. OG's not there, although I think he has the best chance to be there. Pascal has missed a lot of games. I'm glad to see him playing. Actually, he's not—he's not missed any more games than uh, than OG. Um, but he's—he's he's come on lately, and we've—we've we've seen him be really good in the past. And then Fred VanVleet, just steady Eddie out there, shooting almost 40% from three, uh, getting just hounded. He's very undersized, like just impressive stuff from Fred. We probably should mention the other guys that we all agree that we agreed on. Oh. Um, but before before we move on, yes, I mean like you know Zach Levine's been doing him and Demar Derozan have been super fun together. Um, we didn't we didn't really talk tons about the the starters out just because they were so obvious. Um, but the Levine Derozan pairing, like I was I was nervous especially for them on the defensive end. I think. Uh, where we were wrong, uh, especially was that the you know Lonzo and Caruso being able to just be menaces and and, and terrors from the guard position at the point of attack, and you know we, we were we were worried. I think predominantly about what this Bulls team defensively would look like, but I think that we like took our fear of them. Like of how they would be defensively in a playoff setting, I think that we took that and applied it to the, the defensive end of the regular season when we probably shouldn't have. Um, looking looking back on it, and I think you know the, the the fact that DeRozan and Levine were have been part of when when they've had their their guys part of a solid uh, defensive team. I, I think that that speaks um, to each, each of those guys, and we know what they can do on the offensive end. So. Um, both of those extra deserving. The the person, anything you want to say about them before I get to Garland? He's like the person that I want to. I, I just want to mention. Here. I just want to mention for Demar, we just constantly underrate how good of a facilitator he is, and how just in control of the game he is when he has the basketball in his hands. Like never bothered. He doesn't have a three point shot, although he shot it more this year at like at least effectively different times. Um, but. He just he just is such a master of his of his craft with like pacing, tempo, and getting to where he needs to get to either get to his shot or to facilitate. And it's just underrated because he has that glaring hole of can't shoot threes and he's not a very good defender. And people I feel like just kind of dismissed him because he got got spanked by LeBron for years and years. All right, let's talk about Darius Garland. That guy's fun. So yeah, and let me let me also preface this by saying I need to watch more Cleveland. Uh, Cavaliers games like I, I I need to watch more of them watch a little bit but I need to watch more um, every time we, like we've hit kind of a point where it's like oh you know what clearly Cavaliers let me go ahead and watch let me go ahead and watch a little bit more of them it's like oh Sexton goes down ah it was a good run 
you know, like, because it's, I'm so conditioned to like the quick early Cleveland start and then, and then the, you know, the, the decline and then it's, oh, they're, they're, they're still just going along and, oh, there goes Rubio, Rubio's down and, oh, well, that was a good run. And here they are, um, here they are right up there at the top of the East. Um, and you, you look at, you look at their squad and you know, Isaac Okoro is out there. We love him. We love Isaac Okoro defensively. Guess what? Offensively, he's not the one. He's not bringing it. He's not very good offensively. Um, you look at, you know, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and it's like those guys defensively on the defensive end are just with, with their ability to to cover in space and also um, really just make lives incredibly difficult at the rim. Like, it's great. But guess what? There's not... Like offensively, it's like Jared Allen's a play finisher, right? Evan Mobley, while he's got some a lot of unique things, he there there's still areas to Im- improve for him to be a driving engine on that side of the floor compared to the defensive side of the floor. And so you start start looking. It's like, well, where where's the offense coming from for this team? And and it for me, it rests solely on 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 the shoulders of Darius Garland and what the way he's able to facilitate for other people, uh, put them in put them in positions to succeed put Jared Allen in the, in the play finishing uh, spot and being able to get his own on pretty efficient, you know, pretty efficient scoring. Like that's why he should be here. And, and I'm, I'm glad, you know, Hey, all-star games in Cleveland. Let's go ahead and ma- make sure that, you know, that he's there on the floor. Cause he should be, um, whether it was Cleveland or not, but he, he's played well enough to, uh, in a very, very good Eastern conference. Yeah, the, the, the offensive talent on this team does not equate to the 14th best offensive rating in the league. Yeah. No, that just doesn't. There's no one who out here other than Darius Garland is like a truly pot, like that's part of the everyday, grinds it out, part of the rotation. That's a positive shooter. Kevin Love's had a resurgence. I'm happy to see him actually be a part of a team again. Like the, some of the stuff he was pulling the last couple of years was a kind of obnoxious and annoying so happy to see him be a part of the team dylan windler's shot well when he's played but he's he's a bit part of the rotation we're working on that dylan windler we still believe but you still believe you know, it's it's you are still a bit player like you know laurie marketing is shooting below the team average which is like 35 percent from three which is 15th in the league like this team is not an offensive juggernaut but they're league average and that's impressive for a team of like specifically the offensive talent, because you look at guys like we talked about Okoro, we talked about Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Those guys are all defense first, defense first, defense or defense first, second and third for the most part with those guys. And so it's really impressive that Darius Garland can kind of hone in, pick pick the spots and get everyone organized. And I, I give a lot of credit to Ricky Rubio there as well. I think being able to play with Ricky Rubio a little bit this year has only, and being in practice and training camp has only enhanced that ability for Darius Garland. As we see, Ricky Rubio comes, he tells you how to be successful, then he leaves you and you get someone who's just a little bit better to do those things. And it happened, it happened with, uh, with the jazz. They eventually brought Mike Conley in. It happened with the, uh, the Suns. They brought in Chris Paul and here with the Cavs, they developed Darius Garland. It's classic, classic thing. And and I should mention, yeah, Kevin Love for sure. Like, sh- shouldn't shouldn't have excluded him from mentioning him. I was just thinking about like their their starting lineup. And oh. you know, Kev- Kevin Love is definitely like 
should be in the running for, for sixth man of the year. He's not like your prototypical one, and Tyler Hero may or may not have that locked up because he just fits the mold and he has been playing very well. But um, Kevin Love is probably should be, you know, deserve to be talked about be talked about there. But Kevin Love is also getting like he's more finishing plays than doing so and providing for others, which is where, where Garland is by far and away the, the driver of that right now, especially Sands um Ricky Rubio. So I he deserves it. He should be there. Um shout out shout out to him. Um James Harden, don't need to talk about James Harden that much. Like he's I was he's, looking for reasons to not include him, but he's still just too good. Yeah. It's like yeah. He's, it's, he's still, it's fine. He's still too good. We everyone knows James Harden and knows he's good. So we don't need to belabor that anymore. Okay. So there's that. Let's continue out east with the other front court players. Um, here we have, uh, again, mostly similar, but uh, we've got one difference. I've got Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum. You do too. Those are our, those are the, the things we got the same. But then you went Chris Middleton, and I went Jared Allen. I feel like it's worth pointing out we both – we both have Jalen Brown as our Kevin Durant replacement, so he's oh, like yes. basically he's basically like the first man out that's like not eg- existing as part of the conversation. But like here, let's include him. So I'm I'm look I I I just you know I I I, need, I need to watch more Cavaliers too. Even though I do I feel like I have watched them quite a bit because they confuse me. It's Jared Allen is a really good defensive player, and this is kind of like where some of our ethos probably just di- just differ a little bit. Whereas yeah. I look at him as like, he's he's kind of trying to pull off this Rudy Gobert of the East thing, and he's doing a pretty good job at it. And I I don't I don't I don't hate this as a pick, but where I I, I draw the line is that that Bucks team is too good. The bu- it's boring. Are they? It's yes. are they? Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, yes. Let, let, me, let me be clear. Let me let tell me you clear. again. Yes. <laughs> like, let me be. Let me be clear. I have them as winning the championship this year. Like, oh, let, boo! Let, the Heat are going to win the championship. Okay. Well, let it be stated. However, we say such things, and Cleveland and Milwaukee are neck and neck in the standings. With with Cleveland having a slight one game lead over, like, so, like, yes, I I agree, but has. Chris Middleton been exceptionally, you know, I, I feel like he's, I, I, I should, I should look at the, you know, I should look and see. Um, but I, I feel like he hasn't been as good as previous years. And maybe uh, no, he's, he's, he's literally been, right on his number. He's right. He's on been, his he's numbers. Been, he's been, well, I mean, Oh, on his uh, career numbers, uh, a shade, a shade below perhaps, but, He's been a shade below his All Star, um, like the the past couple of years. He, he's a, not not quite as uh, efficient. Just a, just a shade below there. I, I I, it's fine. Like he's always been the one that's been like that we've talked about and said, hey, maybe he should make it. Ah, it's one of the last spots in the. Uh, like that's kind of where it's been for him, and I get it. I I look at the Bucks as you know they've had a lot like. Gian- Giannis, um, Drew, and him have all been pretty healthy this year, but they've had different segments where they, they miss some games here and there. And I just have so much respect for how the Bucks just kind of make the machine work, and it just runs. And, you know, I think Drew could be in this consideration too, but we're talking about forwards, not guards. And 
I, I don't know, just Chris Middleton, his boring basketball, it makes me happy. So that's who I picked. But I really like the Jared Allen pick. You know, I'm just, just devastated that Bam's not really eligible because of how little he's played this season. So that hurts my feelings. And so maybe I'm like just boxing out other centers to like not let anyone come for expected expected all-star spots because it's on lock. Perhaps. It's on I, lock. I don't know. I I think he, he, here's the one where it's like, here's the outro. We're, we're playing in Cleveland, so let me go ahead and just give it to him. Um, <laughs> so that's that's kind of, you know, other than, again, it's I skew defense. I know that's my blind spot. That's my, that's where I, where I, what I, what I want to uh, reward. And Chris Milton's a pretty good defender. No, I, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's good. But, um, I don't know. It's okay. Uh, so th- th- there's the East. Um, yeah, you're right. Jalen Brown, we kind of put, and I should say, like, we, I kind of put Jalen Brown just in, in there. Like, I would probably have him over, um, I think I would probably have him over Jared Allen, but I just wanted to make sure I put him there and and did the re- replacement up there. It just it just makes more sense to put J- you know Jalen Brown as, as. Anyways, we've got our people. Um, I Celtics don't know are so if you annoying. Yeah, because they they should be so much better and they're not. Yeah, so it's yeah. It's like those two guys are so good and so talented and clearly all-stars. And I'm, I, I'll am i hate on Jason Tatum because the, the further I can drive him down the tier, I mean, unfortunately, I love Donovan Mitchell. But I'm trying to keep everyone below Bam, trying to get Bam up and everyone else down from that draft class. But, man, they're so talented. And then they just they just don't win, Richard. And it's like I'm happy because I don't want the Celtics to be successful. But, man, they're good. It's, it's ridiculous because it's like, hey – what do you want in today's NBA? You want wings. You want wings who can, uh, you know, do a lot on offense and and be able to defend well. And it's like, oh wow, look look at these guys. They they kind of fit that mold. And then and then we get this. This we, we, is a work of art. This is garbage. It, it's we're the nine seed, like for real. The the nines like it doesn't make. And I I know it's. The no other, one. It's, it's it's the others. Like people will point there, but at the, like Ricky Rubio, if he was on this team, I know he's injured. I know he's out, but like that would solve prob- probably solve so many problems for them. If they just had a Max Struess and a Gabe Vincent, they'd have problems solved. Get some culture up there in Boston. They just don't know about that culture, Richard. Come on, come on, Brad Stevens, figure it out. Um, so there's the East. Um, let's, let's go out West to, to the reserves and people who have been screaming the whole time, uh, because these guys have not made it on the, have not been voted in, uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, you know, Hey, this is the number one team in the league, uh, per, per, you know, the, the, the standings. And these two guys are the driving force behind Aiton's missed some time and, uh, and and just no love, no love, because Steph Curry and, and John Morant are are more well liked, and uh, kind of like you mentioned earlier, it's like Chris Paul. Yeah, he's not putting up the huge numbers like you were talking about. Kyle Lowry is kind of this mold, but like Chris Paul is of the same ilk of hey, he's not having these crazy statistical seasons, but he is one of the main points driving the driving the train to help this team be successful. And all you got to do is look at Bismack Biombo's uh, you know resurgence. 
Yeah. Who? Guess what? Guess, guess who he play, who's played with and had success with? Kyle Lowry and, and Chris Paul. So <laughs> it's 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 very um, yeah of of course. But I, those two guys for sure the guards uh, we've we've got to mention. Yeah. No. I. Uh, yeah. Chris Paul. He's he's the the what's well, a patron saint of not the stats to to not those stats to justify or the stats to like pop your eyes, but always an all-star. Uh, I don't know why, but you brought Bismack Biombo. I don't, I don't know if we already talked about this on the pod, but it made me really irritated. Bismack Biombo playing for the Suns dunked all over Ish Smith of the Hornets. And they were like, Oh, dunking on his former teammate. And this is the thing that got me. Those two never played together. And it was very frustrating to hear that a professional announcer just assumed Ish Smith has played with everyone without doing his research. A little disappointed. Yeah, I mean, Ish Smith basically has played with everyone. But so he hasn't I, I played it. with Bismack Biombo. Well, he's I, just played. I, this... I don't know. I, th- I, I think, I I think that's up. something where the stats have lied. Because um, <laughs> he most definitely has. I, I'm on the side of the announcer. Okay. Maybe um, a summer league thing. <laughs> probably. It's happened at some point. Um, those are two guards. Um, let's get to the front court sauce before we get to wild card. Uh, just because uh, I think that it's necessary. Let's talk about the guys who we had voted in, like legitimately, um, at, you know, with, with that without the need for for subs. Okay, because we'll talk about the need for subs soon. Um, Rudy Gobert probably should have been voted in to the starters, uh, except for people don't like having two centers in there, uh, and people just don't like Rudy Gobert. Like that's just what which is fair. People, People don't like him, and it's fair. Um, I I get it, but uh, so he should have been in there. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns is another one that probably like people kind of like Carl Anthony Towns, but they also kind of don't like Carl. Like it's it's a little bit of a weird thing with him, but he's he's other. He also has been having a good enough season to warrant uh, kind of discussion. And I think probably should have been in over Andrew Wiggins. Um, sorry, Canada. Um. Those two guys, we both have. For the last forward spot, um, I have chosen Luka Doncic, who you also have filling in here as well. There's just a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on with the injuries, um, and so you have him too. But you've decided to put Draymond Green in this location in the dock, uh, which is also fine. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> It's it's a problem. Like, yeah, the the injuries here. Um, I, I, yeah, just makes it tough when you gotta then also bring replacements in. Do the replacements have to be position specific? I don't. Yeah, know. it's it, okay. Let me just say this. I also have Draymond Green, uh, at, at somewhere around here, and and I also have we'll mention Donovan Mitchell too. Just here, like well, let's just get through all the all the reserve kind of spots. You also have Donovan Mitchell. I have Draymond Green. And the other person you have selected for that last wild card is Paul George. Now, I didn't include him. Um, and I think that's just because he got injured a while ago. And it's yeah. it's probably a more of a full season thing, or, or if not full season, most of the season type of yeah. injury. And so in my mind, it's like, okay, I've moved, I've moved beyond that. Uh, and 
No, and that's that's very fair. And honestly, his year, like in terms of scoring efficiency, kind of subpar. Shot to 32% from three this year so far. Like, it just was one of those things. Like, he was doing so much for that Clippers team. And while he was healthy, had them playing well. And, like, defensively, I thought he, like, hit, has hit a gear that we haven't seen since OKC. Like, I just really feel like Clippers' Paul George hasn't been the defensive game changer that he has been. He was for OKC in Indiana. And so I saw that come back out this year. And I, I really just couldn't get it out of my head. So I don't know if he'll make it because 26 games is, is the lowest anyone's going to have that is, in, is sniffing around this team. I mean, when we talk about Anthony Davis, we kind of briefly talked about this earlier, where Anthony Davis doesn't really make our team because he's not holding himself to Anthony Davis standards and has missed a lot of games. He's still really good and has been played really well. But the Lakers stink, so he's having to play ex- exceptional to be noticed. And um, Paul George was playing exceptional, and that's why I, I did want him to be noticed. But I would not be surprised if he doesn't get any any coaches' votes here or whatever, however they determined the last bit because he has missed so many games and is unlikely to play most of the rest of the season. Yeah, I think it's just that like, if he was going to be coming back, like if he was coming back in March, then and you, or, you knew it, 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 the timeline was there, was visible, I, I think that he, he probably could get voted in. But yeah, that, that's just that's just the way that that I, that I see it there. Okay, so Carl um, Anthony Towns, we already might have talked about Rudy Gobert uh, enough, like er, earlier on beforehand. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, anything that you want to say uh, about him and him finding himself here? Well, I just think Carl Anthony Towns, he's made an All Star game before, so it's not like his first time, you know, showing up. But the guy obviously has so much offensive talent. I think he's really found a new level to his game where he now can drive and attack off the dribble. So happy to see him, like, you know, take a little bit out of the, the Joel Embiid playbook there where, like, instead of always just back, having a back-to-the-basket game, I've really, liked, I've really liked seeing him do the face-up. I think it's enabled his passing. You know, made him a little less turnover prone. That could be, that could not be statistically accurate. He's still about to do the same turnovers, but maybe I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like it's like less live ball turnovers. That could just be an eye test thing. That's very wrong. But I, the same thing I said about Joel Embiid last year when we were going into the season, I said he needs to work on his face up game because then he can see where the double teams come from. I think it's very important for effective offense and with more shooters around him, with D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards shooting better so far this season. I, I think the, the Timberwolves are kind of humming, and I think it all starts with Carlton Towns being assertive and also more of a heads-up player this season. Yeah, I mean, the 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 team success that they've had has, has been nice. Um, some people, we, we talked about this I think maybe a pre-pod, but like some people might want to, you know, get, say, hey, right, let's go ahead and, and reward, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards. And uh, I think that Edwards is has warranted discussion uh, within this. Like he's, you got a short list of people missing uh, and, you know, he's probably on there. But Carl Anthony Towns, just his, what he does is very, very unique. Um, in my estimation, his ability to just be an offensive hub, like outside of Jokic and Embiid from from the big spot, like there's just no one, no other, no other big man that I can really say or or, or think about in that way. 
I, you're, you're, you're talking about Bam and all that stuff, but guess what? Guess what? They, they've limited though the the dribble handoff uh, within and, within their offensive scheme, and and, and he's he literally not, won't shoot. So it's that that's part of it there. So um, it, he can get there. He just hasn't. Uh, yeah, he certainly so, can. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get Carl Anthony Towns um, on this team. This one was was not. Not very difficult for me. Uh, I have Luka Doncic in here, who's struggled offensively um, from what we would have expected him to uh, to be at. But guess what? Still very good. And he, this 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 weekend, just like with uh, Trey Young, really on the ball that we mentioned, like this is like. His play has warranted him not to be a starter. That's fine, but he's going to make the team, so he should. Yeah, he's still the the only hub and the only like legitimately great player that plays for the Mavericks. Jalen Brunson, we love the development he's showing. Um, Christoph Porzingis, totally fine. Way way overpaid for his production, but he's fine. Tim Hardaway Jr. was doing well until he you know got tore up, so just bad. Bad breaks there, but Luka Doncic, he's the reason that that Mavericks team's good. Like obviously, I think, I think we have to give him a, cut him a little slack. I, I I think moving from a coach like Rick Carlisle, who while I don't think had full control over how Luka played, had really good input on how the rest of the others were like working around him. So I, I like to see that you know Luka has taken some adjustment in stride, and his just he's a little down, but also he's dealing with like there we. It's, we're a little removed from it now, but th- those those defensive rules just are still something that's affecting the game right now. We're just not thinking about it because we're not watching Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball beat people up anymore because it's a little bit past that initial stage. But Luka Doncic is a guy who doesn't burst past people with you know speed. He finesses you, and if he's getting touched and pushed and prodded, his it makes sense that his game would have taken a little pause and some adjusting to. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just the overall efficiency. Like he's every every all the other numbers are just there, but it's just he's just not as not been as efficient, and and that's okay. And that uh, that's league wide. That's league wide yeah. for most people. So he's on Donovan Mitchell. It's it's that one feels he's he's been good, but it's like hey, we we, we the other top teams out west are getting multiple people, and for us to. Just only have Rudy Gobert on there, who everyone hates. Let's go ahead and get down to the Mitchell, who people, more more people like. Uh, so he deserves. It. He it's there's nothing. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, like there's uh, unfortunately with the, the West, like some of the ones that are very obvious, there's not a lot to say because we all know these people. These guys are guys who are making All Star teams for years on end now, or have been pushing up against it and been like shut out by like a Damian Lillard who had it on lock. Yeah, it's it's. He's averaging, you know, 25, 4, and 5, and it's... And, it's, playing, for it a, and playing for a machine of a team. Yeah, although they've been struggling of late, so it's... it's Small potatoes. <laughs> well, um, we should get to some of the weird stuff now, <laughs> which is basically the injury replacements out west. Um, because I don't think Draymond Green is playing. Uh, there's Paul George definitely is not playing, so you're going to have to to figure that out. 
Uh, and then finally, coming across the Twitter timeline today uh, where it's LeBron James having, having some issues. Uh, and yes, the All-Star game might be far enough away that he that he could he could eventually get there but that knee as according to what i think dave McMenamin said there is like as long as the, the the knee is swollen he's he's out and so lebron james could need a sub so we're going to mention potential uh subs for those uh for those three all you right gotta have one for, for for paul george why don't you say that one first Okay, Actually, so you already mentioned Luka Doncic, so yeah, Luka Doncic. So we we we're still we're just missing two spots. Like Luka, Luka made my team just to be clear, but for for the way the the, the board was shaping up, it was easier for me to throw him up there <laughs> as yeah, a sub like, than than double <laughs> double dipping on a Paul George and Draymond Green replacement. It's just we're running yeah. out of space on the dock. Exactly, it was more just a formatting the dock that made that one <laughs> happen the way that it did. So yeah, he he was a lock up. for me. He was not an injury replacement. So we we both have two spots. Spots to fill the LeBron replacement and a Draymond Green replacement. Now, with that in mind, here, 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 I'll go ahead and say who I put in there. I have SGA and I have Jihante Murray as my two injury replacements for these guys. I put Deontay, Deontay Murray as well. Uh, Dejounte, I just, I just think that he's. Uh, you'd like to reward a little bit of what's going on in uh, like the growth that he's had on, on the offensive end. Yeah. Some of the efficiency is not there, but like, I agree. So I, I have him too. Cause you know what he can do defensively. Like that's, Oh, he's you know, that, 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 that's no surprise. And, and that, that's right up my alley. Um, so that's good. You have SGA, which is fine. It's fine. However, I don't know if I can get myself around to four. We we we've won f- so two like I don't know like Atlanta getting Trey Young on there like I get it like that's fine like as, like that team is so bad and I and he's I, I, still I kinda, good. No, that's that's fine. But at the same time, I I feel like I need to punish Sam Presti because they don't have to be so like. Like, let's not give him that uh, unless um, I don't know if it's anywhere in there where, like, if he makes an all-star game, like, it, it pushes his salary, you know, how much money he's going to make up. Like, is that is that happening for SGA and his contract? I don't, I don't know what his contract uh, is like. But if it is, then maybe, maybe that punishes Sam Presti more, so maybe we should steer into that. Um, but more than that, I want to I want to reward another team that's up there in the standings. I'd, I'd love to do it because the uh, we, we, we've done so for the the Phoenix Suns they got two Golden State Warriors they've they've got like two and a half three ish and Clay Thompson's not one of them and the Utah Jazz end up being in fourth place below the Memphis Grizzlies and we've only we've only put John Morant on there we've only given who them missed one. time. Who missed time? So guess who was the driver of offense for that team during that time that was said missed? Desmond Bain, my guy, our guy, Desmond Bain. We're throwing him on there because uh, guess what? My man, my man deserves it. He has been incredibly inf- efficient. He's out here shooting um, 
52%, 51-52% from, uh, from two-point range. Uh, he's been shooting 41, 41.5% uh, from three, uh, you know, nearly 90% from, from the line. He's been uber-efficient, uh, scoring almost 18 points a game, averaging as, you know, many boards uh, as one Andrew Wiggins, who made it as a starter. Um, you know, if you go in, obviously, Andrew Wiggins is doing a little more on the defensive end, so I, I get it. But if you if you go and you just compare his his numbers to, uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins, it's like, well, well not, too, yeah. not too far off. And so, no. um, like... I think I think we're in range. I, l- give give me Desmond Bain as a reserve. Guess what? I know this is never going to happen, but guess what? I'm the one making the list. So, hey, I think I think we're looking at this Desmond Bain selection a lot. Is like how Chris Middleton eventually made his team. Now Desmond Bain's counting stats are just a little behind, but you know the the Grizzlies are they're they're, they're a strength in numbers type of team. They run a bunch of guys out there. Everyone goes hard for a little bit of time. The other names I pulled up here just like do some comparison to tools like. So Shea, Shea was one of my guys. Um, Deontay Murray was we both had in there, and I also just added uh, Anthony Edwards, Brandon Ingram, Desmond Bain, and D- and D'Lo to the list just to kind of have a filled out roster of like other guys people are going to consider. D'Lo you can take out right away. He's having a, a solid season, but his like three point efficiency is not particularly good. Eighty percent from the line, it's only a one more point per game than Bain. Assist he's not really he's he's adding assists, but you know I would hope so because he's the the point guard for a, a team with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, say Mur- Murray blows Russell out of the water in all these categories other than three-point shooting. Um, just so much better. So, say, D'Lo's out. Brandon Ingram putting up good counting stats. Um, shooting efficiencies are a little down compared to what we would like to see out of a guy who's 6'11 and can get to a shot whenever he wants. And also, his team does stink. But we can't completely isolate that because also, so does Deontay's team. I Shea goes Alexander. Having a really good season. Can't shoot the three this year. That's a bad development. But still scoring efficiently despite that everywhere else. And his team stinks as well. I honestly think, Richard, I, I think your toughest beat here is put, is not giving Anthony Edwards more love. Like, let me let me be clear. Like, I don't mind Anthony Edwards being in, in the discussion. But let me just say that... That doesn't that doesn't fit the bit as as uh, you know as well. Like we've we've been we've been over this, and and one of my favorite tweets that I've ever made that's got that uh, you know got little interaction. It was it was a preseason game, a preseason game for Memphis Grizzlies uh, against the Timberwolves, and it was it was just so obvious to me. Desmond Bain is better, um, and it, guess what? I, I I I tweeted it, and someone was searching up Anthony. Uh, I don't know, Anthony Edwards or something on the, and they, they saw that they were unhappy with me. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um, I, like I get it. Like Anthony Edwards probably could, could be on there and make it, but am, am I really going to reward that, uh, that team over the Memphis, the, the third place in the Eastern conference, Memphis Grizzlies far be it for me. <laughs> no, I think it, I think it's an important thing that you bring up because so often we get, caught up in just a points per game uh, rebounds and assist battle. When you look at Desmond Bain, he, he, he's got a positive assist to turnover ratio. That's like actually good. Like it's only two and a half to one and a half, but he does, he does have the ball a lot. Like they're like a heavy motion offense that gets a lot of people involved. John Morant 
doesn't have like some of the eye-popping assist stats because he, much like Steph Curry, a little bit different in how they move off ball, but much like Steph Curry, gives the ball up for advantages and empowers his teammates to make plays as well. And that's, that's why you'll see like a Dylan Brooks, for whatever reason, being super aggressive all the time when maybe he should actually take a take a chill pill. But, Rich, I think it's important that we, we bring up a guy like Desmond Bain who is who is legitimately just doing Reggie Miller stuff out here and just not getting the love for it. And here's the other thing, like you're mentioning, like you know Anthony Edwards and you know his his counting stats end up being a little bit more, but as well he's playing he is playing more minutes, um, and so if you you start to flatten that out by going I don't know per thirty six or per hundred possessions, and it's oh well you know for example I got per per hundred possessions Desmond Bain you know, twenty eight and a half to Anthony Edwards is thirty one point two, right. The assists are five to four in favor of of, of Edwards. Rebounds basically the same, right? Steals, uh, Edwards slight slightly ahead. But with you look at the efficiency landscape, and Desmond Bain obviously has has um, has that one out. Even with Anthony Edwards being a way better efficient version of of himself, so yeah, he's Anthony Edwards is hitting like pretty close. Like in terms of year two expectations, he's blown it out of the water because both. We both had skepticism. You were far more skeptical than me just because I'm like, I love athleticism. Give me athleticism. I trust it. But I didn't think he'd shoot 37% from three. And I will be surprised if that holds out for an entire season. I'm not saying he can't duplicate this a year from now and, and, and like slowly build up much like an Andrew Wiggins has over his career. But this is, un, this is unexpected. 37% after shooting 30% in college and 30% last year. Yeah, like th- this seems a bit high to me um for for him as far as far as shooting and and f- the reason why I was low on him was my perceived uh, uh my, my estimation of his um basketball uh like two yeah like that on the defensive end and then on the offensive end it's like man you can just get to the rim as much as you want and if you like no one's stopping you no one is stopping you if you try to attack the rim every single time like that should be that that should be the thing that you go for rather than difficult contested shots, and I didn't see him, um, and I still want to see more of that from him. But for me, it's like, well, if if we're just gonna live on that tough diet, then I view you more as um, a guy where if you're never gonna be driving success, uh, if you're in that role and and eating up you know, taking up that much of, of the air in the room. So you would be better suited as a off the bench scorer. And, and that's only because he's, he has shifted his mentality a whole lot. And maybe this is just us saying, Tom Crean, you're awful. Uh, so, maybe. Maybe. so that that's, that's probably what this speaks to more. And, and I, I, I have apologized to Anthony Edwards um, before from what he's done. So like, there's that, I just, I want to see more because like you said, like he's got all of the, uh, all the potential in the world. And hopefully, yeah. I hope we hope he gets there. He's, he's, he's really, he's really, really fun. Um, but guess what? I love Desmond Bain more. <laughs> that's just, yeah. That's, hey, I think everyone should love Desmond Bain the most because Desmond Bain's a true, a true American success story. Did got what, what one offer out of, out of high school to go down to TCU after being a strong Indiana shooter with short arms, went to TCU, lit it up for years, came to the NBA, 
Got picked 30th in the draft. Almost, almost just an irrelevant, almost a second round pick. Oh, so sad. But success, immediate success. We love, we love to see it. Yep. Well, there it is. We're done. Ethan, it was good talking to you. And uh, by the next, the next time we talk, we're going to be right up against the trade deadline. And uh, oh, we'll see, have to see if some trades have come through and then maybe some emergency trades to get the get the fans riled up. Yep. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. All right. Good talk with you, Ethan.